Welcome to the Faith Connections Podcast, a partnership between the Foundry Publishing, Nazarene Discipleship International, and Holiness Today. Welcome to our study this week of 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 4 through 9, verses 32 to 37, and verses 40 to 49. My name is Scott Rainey. I serve with the Church of the Nazarene in the area of Nazarene Discipleship International, or NDI. This adult Sunday school video lesson is provided in collaboration between the Foundry Publishing and NDI. The Sunday school lesson is intended to support the local church's efforts to make disciples who make disciples. Please feel free to use this video in any way that helps your church or its families. Last week, we began a six-week study of the life of David from the Old Testament books of First and Second Samuel. When we first learn of David in Scripture, King Saul was serving as Israel's first king. King Saul had been unfaithful to the word of the Lord on multiple occasions. Therefore, God had rejected him as king and had chosen another to replace him. His replacement would be from someone outside of Saul's family. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we read of God's selection of David, the eighth and least likely son of Jesse, to be the next king of Israel. There in Bethlehem, the prophet Samuel anointed David as king. When David was anointed, 1 Samuel 16, 13 says that the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him. While David received the Spirit of the Lord, that same Spirit had departed from Saul, according to 1 Samuel 16, verse 14. Saul, separated from the presence of God, was now tormented, distressed, and needing comfort. His servants made a suggestion to the king. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lyre. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you, and you will feel better, according to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 16. The king agreed, and ironically, the person chosen to play the lyre for the king was David, the very person God had chosen and Samuel had anointed as the next king. David came and lived in the palace. He would play the lyre whenever the king was distressed. King Saul, like David, liked David and inducted him into the king's service as an armor bearer. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 21. As 1 Samuel 17 begins, two armies, Israel's army and the Philistine army, had lined up against one another. Each army occupied a hill that faced each other with a valley between them. The setting is the Valley of Elah, which is about 15 miles west-southwest of Bethlehem, uh, David's hometown. It appeared that neither army was all too interested in fighting. For each of 40 days, the same event occurred. Let's begin there with 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 4 through 9. Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head 
and was clothed with scale armor, which weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. He also had bronze greaves on his legs and a bronze javelin swung, slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the head of his spear weighed 600 shekels of iron. His shield carrier also walked before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel and said to them, Why do you come out to draw up in, in battle array? Am I not the Philistine and you servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will become your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall become our servants and serve us. In verse four, we learn we first learn of a champion named Goliath. The Hebrew phrase, which is translated into English as champion, is more directly translated, a man who fights between the two. The title comes from an ancient practice of war conducted by the Philistines. The Philistines did not originate from the land of Canaan. They relocated from the territories of Greece, possibly the island of Crete in the Mediterranean Sea, to the land of Canaan around 1200 BC. One of the war practices of the Greeks around that time was a duel of champions, a battle between single heroes, winner takes all. Each day, Goliath would come out and challenge one soldier from Israel to battle to the death. If Goliath wins, Israel would become slaves of the Philistines. If the Israel soldier wins, the Philistines would become the slaves. Goliath has become known as a giant of a man. The Hebrew says that he was six cubits and a span, which is nine feet tall and nine inches. There are some discussions about the actual size of Goliath. The Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures, known as the Septuagint, says that Goliath was four cubits in a span, which would be six feet, nine inches tall. Either size would certainly be worthy of the title of a giant during that day when average height was around five feet, six inches tall. Most scholars lean toward the size given in the Greek translation of scripture, six feet, nine inches tall. That is, a head taller than the average. Interestingly, the description of King Saul given in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 2, said that he was a head taller than any man in Israel. Using these figures from the Greek translation, we might also call King Saul a giant. It would make us wonder why Saul himself would not be willing to step up and fight Goliath. We'll come back to that in just a little while. <clears throat> 1 Samuel 17 describes Goliath in graphic details. He was a large man, covered head to toe in impressive armor. His helmet was made of bronze. He wore a heavy coat of bronze armor on his body that weighed 125 pounds. He wore a bronze piece of armor that covered his shins. He possessed an imposing sword and spear. In addition to all this, he had a shield bearer who would go before him to act as a buffer. The only place not covered by armor was his face 
and forehead. To the Israelite army, Goliath represented an impenetrable force. The terrifying presence of Goliath struck fear in the hearts of Saul's men, and Goliath taunted them, daring one of the Israelite soldiers to meet him on the battlefield. It is likely that everyone listening to this video lesson has experienced an event or situation in your life that produced an overwhelming sense of fear. Maybe you're facing such a situation right now. Even while I share this lesson today, I personally feel overwhelmed with the tasks that are before me in the next few months. The feeling I get is fear. Will I be able to complete all that's before me? Will it turn out well or will it leave me feeling defeated and deflated? Will I be able to overcome? We must pause and ask ourselves, where are we looking for strength? Can we trust God to help us yet again? Saul, once feared and famous for defeating the Philistines in previous wars, now was cowering behind the scenes, dismayed and terrified, according to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 11. Goliath mocked Israel. If you are one of Saul's brave soldiers, send one to fight me. In the meantime, David's father had sent him from Bethlehem to the battlefront with some food supplies for, the, for his three soldier brothers. On arrival, David heard Goliath's challenge and had witnessed Israel's soldiers fearfully fleeing from him. David was filled with shock that no one was stepping forward to put a stop to this blasphemous, uncircumcised Philistine. David, according to 1 Samuel 17, 26, was horrified that Goliath was defying the armies of the living God. David was making his displeasure known to other soldiers. Word about David's disgust got back to King Saul and he sent for David. So let's pick up with the story again in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Then Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth while he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and attacked him and rescued him from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. As verse 32 begins, it seems that David was already thinking of accepting Goliath's challenge. Even though the narrator of these events makes no mention of God's spirit in these verses, we nevertheless begin to see the outworking of God's spirit that had come upon David at his anointing. 
with a boldness that only God's spirit could give, David offered to take up the challenge to go fight with this Philistine in verse 32. Let me just say that the courage to tackle the giant-like challenge you and I are facing today is found in the Holy Spirit. This is my prayer for you and for me today. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Give us courage for the moment. Empower us to overcome. King Saul was not so sure that David was fully aware of the odds he would be facing in the fight with this Philistine. David was not a soldier. He was a small boy. Goliath had been a man of war for many years. David, however, did understand the odds. David explained that during his years of experience as a shepherd, he had challenged face-to-face -face two of the fiercest life-threatening animals that nature could throw at him, a lion and a bear, even with a stolen sheep already grasped in his teeth. David had fought each in hand-to-hand -hand combat, and in the case of the lion, he had seized it by its beard and killed it. He reasoned that because it was the living God whom Goliath was defying, the God whom David served, David could depend on God to rescue him from Goliath. Interestingly, the Hebrew word for paw and hand is the same. God was able to help David regardless if it was the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, or the hand of the Philistine. It made no difference to David because he interpreted his situation through his faith in God. The time had come. David was ready for battle, and onto the battlefield he went, as I want to look again at 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 40 to 49. He took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five small stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had, even in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, as he approached the Philistine. Then the Philistine came on and approached David with the shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy with a handsome appearance. The Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine also said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day, the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the armies of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will and he will give you into our hands. Then it happened, when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David, 
that David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand into his, his bag and took from it a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead so that he fell on his face to the ground. David approached Goliath with his shepherd's staff in one hand and his sling in the other. In his shepherd's bag, he had dropped five small stones that he had picked up as he crossed the small seasonal stream that was flowing through the valley. When Goliath got near enough to see David, he began to mock him. You have to be kidding me. You've sent a mere boy to fight me with sticks? Goliath despised David as an unworthy opponent. David didn't lose his courage. He knew that God, that Goliath's sword, spear, and javelin would be useless against the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, verse 45. It's significant that David was trusting in the name of the Lord Almighty. The name of a person had tremendous significance in the Old Testament world. It represented the nature and character of the one who bore it. Let me take a moment to remind us of the power of the name of Jesus. First, in John chapter 14, verse 14, Jesus said, you may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Philippians 2.10 says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Acts chapter four, verse 12 says, salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 says, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 says, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. And in Acts chapter two, verse 38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I remember the spring of 2011. I was a pastor of Houston Living Word Church of the Nazarene. It had been my privilege to pray for three years running during the Memorial Day celebration at, at the Houston National Cemetery. When 2011 started, the new director of the cemetery asked me to write out the prayer I intended to pray on Memorial Day. I did as she asked, and about 30 minutes after submitting my prayer, the director told me that I could not pray it. The reason she gave me was because I was planning to pray in Jesus' name. I explained to her that I had to pray in this way, that the name of Jesus is significant for the believer. <clears throat> I shared that it is in his name that prayers are answered. The sick are healed and people are saved. In the end, by the power of the name of Jesus, I prayed the prayer I had submitted in addition, two executive orders of the President of the United States that said prayers on government land had to be generic were removed from the law. Here's the bottom line. You and I can trust 
in the name of Jesus Christ and in the name of the Lord of hosts. David was confident that after this battle with Goliath, the news would go out far and wide that Israel's God is alive and well. So Goliath moved in to attack. While David came as a representative of God, the battle was the Lord's. David slung the stone at great speed, striking Goliath on the only exposed part of his body, his forehead. The stone hit with such force that it sank into the forehead, causing him to fall face forward onto the ground. Goliath was strong, well-prepared, and confident in his physical resources. Saul was fearful of the future, trying to keep up appearances of having it all together, but lacking the full commitment to God. David trusted God beyond his own ability in faith. We all, of course, want to be like David. But as you search your heart today, who do you resemble most? It is time for us to put away our fears and trust in the mighty name of the Lord of hosts. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connections podcast. If you wish to order Faith Connection materials for your local church, please visit thefoundrypublishing.com. If you've enjoyed this production and wish to hear more, visit holinesstoday.org slash podcast or find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts.